0: Welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today.
1: Father, we just thank you for your heart in all things. Holy Spirit, have your way amongst us this morning as we seek the Father's heart. Thank you, Jesus. This is all about you. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so good. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. So, we kind of want to do this conversational style because it's comfortable and it's good and it goes places that we may miss if we were going by bullet points and notes. So, I hope that's okay. All right. Um, Hope is the foundation for faith. Without hope, you've got no faith. It builds your imagination, your sanctified imagination, If you can't see it, it can't manifest. These are just a few notes that we went through a couple weeks ago that I just want to bring you back up on. Get your hope up. Take that as a challenge, literally. Challenge yourself in the natural to have hope. The enemy doesn't want you to have hope, so you might have to talk yourself into it once in a while. Speak in tongues. It edifies you. Praise God. (laughs) Yes, Lord. That's a word right there. Somebody write that down. Joel 3.16. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Are Are we not his people? We're his kids. Sons. Kings and priests. Good job, Hopi. Thank you. Hope. Do not allow fear to get in the way of any part of your journey in any way, shape, or form, or any of the remnants of fear. Anxiety, trepidation. It's the counter to hope. See, exact opposite. Yep. Jeremiah 29 11, I will bless you with a future filled with hope. These are promises. Yeah. These are promises. We don't need to interpret, we don't need to go 15 different con- commentaries to get this. These are the Lord's promises to us. I will bless you with a future filled with hope, a future of success not suffering. Anything short of that, we can send off, because it's a lie. So, it kind of brings you up to where we were, what we went through last time. Almost a little disheartening that what I shared an hour and 15 minutes just took me
0: four minutes.
2: (laughs) We're up to date.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're up to date now. So, brother, tell me your
2: thoughts. All right. Um, I was, uh, I listen, you guys probably aren't aware of this, but I'm blessed every week that I listen to your, uh, your sermons every week. And so, who's ever talking, last week it was, uh, it was Steve talking about, how long has he been on this hero thing? I mean, it seems like years to me. Has it been years? All right, just making sure I, I'm not the only one, but it's great. You could talk about heroes for three years, and it's, it's still amazing. Um, we have a warped sense of what a hero is, yeah, and yeah. and so in our culture, we kind of talk about this backwards culture quite a bit, how in the Jesus culture, things are backwards from what our culture thinks is important, and that's come out a couple times this morning. I love it when God connects those dots of, of the way things work. Um, we're here this morning, and as as Bob said, it was kind of touch and go. We just decided we were going to come and visit our family a few days ago, and we had, a, we had a soccer tournament today. My boys are super into soccer, and this would have been the last day of their soccer game. And Pastor Steve and I, I'm going to talk about Pastor Steve a lot because he's not here today. So <laughs> I love this, by the way. Um, I'm going to use every opportunity, but Steve and I have a joke that... Uh, that that club sports are kind of the right hand of the devil. Has he mentioned this to you guys before? Oh, good, you're aware of this. So, so this is our boys' last soccer game of the season, and it's a tournament game. They they won the, the second game yesterday, so this is a big deal. But we decided a few a few days ago, actually, we decided a long time ago, that when it came to uh, the body of Christ, the covenant of Christ, and church, that there was, there was no decision between this, that Jesus always is, is always paramount in this one. And, and so that we're not having the discussions of, of sports or Jesus. It's just always Jesus all the time. But that brought me to an, an interesting thing, because last time, uh, his, his sermon last week, he asked do we give Jesus 8% but then expect 200%? Do you guys remember that line last mm-hmm. week when he said that? That's the line I think out of every sermon, people you know, teach for an hour, hour 15. We're lucky if we take one thing away, right? Yep. That like sticks yep. with us forever. That was, a, that was a forever quote in my mind when I heard that. And what I, what I think is amazing about it is it's prefaced in hope when he said that. That if you don't have the faith or you don't believe that there's hope that you can and you should and that you will give more than just eight percent or two percent or something like that, then guess what? You're going to continue living the eight percent life. And and I honestly think eight percent was actually giving us, you, a lot of credit. I'm not sure if it's actually even eight. It might be like Three or four in the Old Testament, they called this first fruits thinking. And we go back and uh, I love the give. I love that you guys do giving messages every week. I think that is so important. And and so as Pastor Ryan came up and shared a little bit of the testimony and everything else, the rest of the world thinks that you guys are only giving ten percent to what you love the most, when in fact that's couldn't be the more wrong or the the more backwards of what Christians do is Christians give 100%. Or at least that's the trajectory. So I have a YouTube channel called Expedition 44. Ty helped me hand out pens to you guys. This ties into what Pastor Craig said. He's giving out Bibles. I love exactly what he said about this Bible. This is my hope. This is where I find hope every day. This, this is where it starts, and this is where it ends, and uh, and again, like, this is just so, if you guys don't feel the spirit, how this has been just knit together, like, I love this, I don't know what you call this, like, uh, this this potpourri of, like, people just coming up and sharing every day, but, like, this is my Bible, and I, I could just go through here, and all these pages, like, you get to here, and there's notes crept in there, and there's highlighted things all over the place, and, like, this is, this is where I connect every day. And so I gave you guys a gift that, uh, that are these pens. You might, might, if you didn't get one, Ty will give you one when you walk out the door. These have highlighters on one side and pens on the other. And to me, this is where, this is where my hope starts, is when I highlight something like that in my Bible, it means I'm going to come back to it over and over. But it's more than that. This is like a spirit sword at the same time, because when you highlight something and you're digging around, I don't necessarily believe in, ah, God says right here, but I do believe in looking for the highlighted verses that the Holy Spirit gave you previously previously for that given time, For, for such a time as now, here it is. I don't know why I highlighted this six months ago when Pastor Bob was speaking, but here it is, and this is when the Holy Spirit had it for me. So use this like a sacred sword and, and devouring it. But that's the part of the, the hope, and we're going to talk about imagination here too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. Without hope, without hope, we can't ever dream big enough your dreams will be too small. You'll never walk out the divine destiny the Lord created for you if you don't allow your your sanctified imagination to open up and really breathe into hope. We're so narrow-minded in our thinking and we put ourselves in these little boxes that we don't allow this dream and vision of the Lord as sons and kings and priests to actually blossom to its fullness. So I, I, as we talk about hope, I know that the Lord, when I shared a couple weeks ago on this, it, it was the hope of the hopeless nation, the hopeless generation, our hopeless family members, co-workers, friends, they're hopeless. And we have hope. We have right. truth for them. What is truth? Hope. It's something you can hang your hat on. And then we can testify alongside of it, right? But as this is expounded in my heart via the Holy Spirit and leading up into today, it's the hope that we have with our imagination to actually dream and see a hundred times bigger than we can even fathom now, right now, for what the Lord has for us moving forward. And that's the dovetail for me with what Deb shared about this red wave. Yeah. I, I, I shared a word in 2020 about them coming in masses, and our grace groups heard it over and over and over again, and it's why we're preparing our hearts for that. They're coming by the thousands, guys, mm-hmm. just to our little family. And we have the hope. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. We've got the truth. We've got the hope.
2: Bob sent me a text message. We actually communicate quite a bit during the week, as I do with Steve and some of the other ones. But he sent me a text message this week, and it was Psalm 103.14. And if you read it in the NASB, it's translated very differently than I think we usually speak of in English. It says, for he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. There's a lot going on in here, and you might, you you see on this, and KJV uses the same thing, he knows our frame. Bob, what, why do they use the word frame? What does this mean?
1: So, I can control technology perfectly, in Jesus' name, because Kroger is standing with me on this. Yester is the Hebrew word for frame. And as came up in the prayer circle again this morning, you know, it's really important, and and Doc Ryan has taught me and our family a lot about not only how easy it is to look into the Greek and to look into the Hebrew, but why? Because some of these words are gonna make your brain explode, Brandon, because it's a really big deal. The true definition of this word, this is one of them. This was one of them for me. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. The Hebrew word is yester, yet it was translated to frame. It was only used nine times, but it means imagination or imaginations. Frame, I got a frame of a chair. We've maybe framed up some houses and some structures. How would we ever in our Greek mindset say frame met imagination? What what I really want to dive into there is just how important it is for us to understand he knows our imagination. The world has told us, or at least it did me, stop with that imagination. Well, okay, caveat. Stop that unsanctified imagination. Right. Amen. But God gave it to you for a reason. Why? To get underneath your hope, to get between your hope and your faith, and drive His heart for you.
2: So, words are connected in Hebrew. This is one of my favorite things about Hebrew. And people ask me all the time, well, should I go learn Hebrew or Greek? And Greek, maybe, Hebrew is very hard. So, I would tell you, and this is what Bob was alluding to, is you don't really need to anymore. This last year at summer camp, I just got into a summer camp conversation. Wasn't that great? Hey man. Who was at summer camp? If you weren't, at, if you didn't go to summer camp last year, you need to right now go to your employer or whoever it is and just say, I'm taking Amen. this week off. The whole week, I'm not leaving, I'm just going to summer camp. Um, So we were blessed. That was kind of one of these spur-of-the-moment things our family did last year. I think it was Sunday, and we said,
1: let's go to summer camp tomorrow. Boop, and we were all blessed. (laughs) There was more of our family there. We would have been missing a component of our body and and multiple components, not just one.
2: So we showed up at summer camp, and that's where it's funny. I've actually known a lot of you guys, known, known a lot of you guys for... It's been almost 10 years since I started this relationship with Beloved Church. And so uh, I was figuring this out with Steve about two weeks ago. I was here before this building, which is kind of interesting. And so... um, but what's crazy is, so that's eight, nine years, I think. Thanks for doing the math. This is, again, so connectivity. So Ryan learned today it was nine. I'm, not the, I'm glad I'm not the only one that didn't know exactly how long. So my relationship with your church has been nine or ten years now. And out of that, I hardly knew you until family camp last year. That was like eight, nine years into the relationship. How often do you sit next to somebody in church and you actually hardly know them. Right. And that's actually, I, I've, <laughs> I joke that I put you guys on the 1% pedestal of churches across the country that like actually you guys do life together and most churches yeah. don't. Like, Absolutely. you know, you, you have a church of 2,000. How do you possibly know all the 1,999 people that go to church with you? Well, this brings me back to... Um, some neat things that have kind of happened. So Genesis 1-1 and one twenty one, 21 Hebrew words connect. And at family camp, I kind of showed you guys how to dive into a verse. So you do, like, let's just say Genesis 1-1, and you put the word interlinear into your into your little electronic device. And that will show you how to interpret what the original words of the text were. So we learned how to do that at family camp last year. It was incredible. Now we hold each other a little more accountable because we can actually find out what those words mean and know what they are. And so when I look at the word, that he just introduced, Yetzar, to everybody, that's connected. It's intertwined a whole bunch. So he shared with you that it's used about nine or ten times in other places, and out of those nine or ten times, it's actually translated a little bit differently. So there's root words, which have about 20 or 30 connections to this one word, and then there's this one word that's spelled almost exactly the same in Hebrew. In fact, the letters are the same. It's, it's Yod, Sade Resh. It's the same three Hebrew letters, but it's three different things. Now, in Hebrew, there's little punctuation marks, and uh, before, about 800 years ago, they didn't have this punctuation mark. So can you imagine reading English language without any punctuation and trying to figure out what it means? Well, somewhere along the way, they actually figured out that these Hebrew words, after we added this punctuation, They have different meanings, and this is one of these words. It's not a lot of Hebrew words, but this is one that has different meanings. So when you get to Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That that Hebrew word is bara, and that means to create from from nothing. That, That God's actual handiwork just kind of went like this, and it didn't come from anywhere else. But then when you get to a little bit later, like like. A few chapters later in Genesis, you get the word that he put. And this is usually translated, it's not bara, though that's the root word of it. It's yasar, and it's translated form, that we have form. So today, already we've been talking that we have the temple of the Holy Spirit inside of us, that we're formed in the image of God. And that's the word that is used over and over and over in the Bible for the way that we represent God to the rest of the beings, is that we are formed in that way. So when you introduce this word and it says, he himself knows our frame, that's the word that he's using. It's the way that we have been formed. And you can take this all the way back to dust if you want to, that it was his hands that actually formed us. But the way that it's written in Hebrew is that this doesn't ever start and end, ever. It continues and it continues and it continues. So sometimes I get strange words, looks from me when I hand out things like pens and big boy crayons, markers that are, you know, say Expedition 44. Why would you name a YouTube channel Expedition 44? Some people... Kerrigan, stand up, show off your shirt, turn around, do the 180. This was coincidental. I love your shirt. Thank you for wearing that this day. She didn't know we were coming, obviously. Um, What it means, and when people wear this, Kerrigan, are you ready for this? When people wear the the shirts, it means that you're part of an all-in community. It means that you're part of a community that is ready to live for the Lord in everything that you do and every step that you take when you go play baseball or softball, sorry, whatever it is, you're representative of the Lord. And, and when you have that kind of, I call that the Iron Man 44 badge on front of you, it's the power inside of you. That's, that's what it is, that you're just representing the power inside of you. So it's a covenant community that represents this to everybody, inside and out. And so so it's it really has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the covenant that God has given us and framed us, formed us to do. This is what we were made for. And everybody's uniquely different from you Amen. to me to Bob. Like, I just, you guys probably don't know this. Some of you come up, we had a range night a couple weeks ago, and a lot of you came up to enjoy our range night. And It's just free-flowing. It's kind of anything goes with the Holy Spirit. People just come up and pray and talk and teach, and whatever happens, happens. And it's kind of ironic that that's been this morning, too, that just it's been like this really interesting thing of what's going on. So back to this word, because there's a little more I want to share in here. And, Bob, you can jump in anytime. In In traditional um, Hebrew thoughts, it's called... Yatzer Hara. That's how you say this in Hebrew. Yatzer Hara. And what that means, it's kind of, if, if, you're a, if you're into theology, this is kind of similar to the, the doctrine of original sin, which means when we fell out of the garden, we could no longer be pure and blameless in the Lord's sight. We needed Him to come back and walk with us and follow into communion. And when we give our lives to Him, we are a new creation. And this new creation is this form that we take. So the the words of Expedition 44 is that there are those people that have decided that they want to be part of this journey. And some people are here. Some people are here. It's anywhere. But what's really amazing, and Pastor Steve brought this out in his message last week, too, is that it's this serving from underneath thing. That it, that it really doesn't matter. God's not so concerned with where you are in your journey, your expedition, your path. He's concerned with the heart of what that looks like. Amen. And so I've been walking with the Lord. I would argue my whole life. I would argue from just about the womb. Some people like to say, you know, I came to the Lord on this date and I actually have that date. I got baptized on November 9th, 1984. So I can kind of put a number on there. But at the same time, I'm going to make your theological head spin. There's no question in my mind that I belonged to the Lord before November 9th, 1984. And so so I was there. In fact, I would say out of my mother's womb or even inside of my mother's womb, I was already there. And that's why abortion really hits me pretty hard. Because that's where we were knit, are you guys ready, framed Formed and the Bible is explicit yep. about that. Yep. And so I am who I am, kind of this backwards person in Bob who is who he is serving from the underneath type of side because of who I'm framed to be from the very beginning. And this Yetzar Hara in Hebrew is similar to original sin, but it's a little bit different because. You probably might not know this, but in the Old Testament, they wouldn't have believed in the doctrine of original sin. They just believed that this is the way that they were, that God actually designed them to get into tribulation and trials, which is really interesting that you get into the New Testament and it says the same thing. So the idea of Yetzirah would say that it wasn't necessarily because of the fall, but God just built us this way and knew that from the beginning we were going to struggle in a world that we don't belong in because we weren't created for this world. We are created for something
1: else. I just want to look at all the brains on tilt. Yeah. Yeah. We're in this world. We're not of this world. And it's, again, these setups are great. In Genesis 5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination Mm, of their thoughts of his heart was evil Mm -hmm. continually. We know this is all a matter of the heart. Amen? But the Lord looked down on his creation and said, ah. So our imagination after the fall, our imagination is not in line with him. So our imaginations are either working for us or against us. Can we agree with that? Anybody have a moment where something happens or you hear something or you do something or somebody says something or you look at something and go, and 15,000 thoughts later, a whole second's passed by. And you're deep in the soup. And it's working against you, not for you. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We'll just start at 3. For we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what Paul was talking about. Paul led a normal life. He was a human being, but he didn't, he didn't war with his physical strength against yeah. what was inhibiting or prohibiting him from becoming and moving into all God created him to be, just like us. We don't have to stamp our feet in shaka baba and spin circles and throw stuff or physically take over something to get our flesh under control or to stop an intrusion from the enemy in our life. Because we carry the power of God, right. and that's plenty to get it done. All power and authority was given unto us. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds. So if we look at that word carnal, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, to us. Pastor Doc, Steve, stop laughing now. <laughs> Sar Kikos. You're getting closer. Okay, yep. awesome.
2: I'll just let you struggle up here for a
1: while. I'm just going to go with the definition. So governed by human nature as opposed to being governed by the Spirit of God. Who's got the Spirit of God living in them? 80% or 100%? 100%. Always. There is no growth in how... The growth is in how you allow it to get your flesh out of the way. Right? Okay.
2: If you continue in this verse, it says, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You guys have this one memorized. Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. This is really, really hits hard. So we we have the part memorized at taking every captive to the obedience of Christ. We know that one. What does that mean? It means every time you start to go astray, start to get off course, that you reel it back in, that you get a hold of it, that you don't let yourself go that way. And that means a community of believers. That, that means that you've got accountability people. I won't make you raise your hands, but if I'm asking who's got an accountability partner, every hand should go up. In fact, not just one, three, four, five accountability partners. I mean, this is a huge intertwined part in the text about being accountable to those around you because they're the ones that hold you. Now, there's another part of this is your number one accountability partner. Like, I feel sorry for Paul in the Bible. I feel sorry for Paul in the Bible over and over. When I read him over and over, I feel sorry for Paul. And the number one reason is because he didn't have a wife. And so my gift from God, my best gift from God in my life is my wife. And, and what I Amen. love the most about this, yeah, welcome aboard, buddy. <laughs> Amen. How about that? You would have had to leave this conversation six months I ago. I know, right? And I love it one. because that is the core of where your accountability should start for. One of the things I love about Steve, but it's really hard. I told you I was going to talk about Steve a little bit today. I'm not, I, I want you to raise your hands because I would love to see this. How many of you wiggle in your seat at his raw transparency? <laughs> we already got people raising their hands, yeah. I mean, don't you feel uncomfortable sometimes when he starts talking about, you know, the way he cheated on his wife at one point and this and that, yet aren't we missing this transparency in the church? Right on. Like, that's why I love to come, there's a lot of reasons why I love to come to this church and why I love Pastor Steve, but that is definitely one of them is like, you can't find that kind of transparency in the rest of the Christian world. They're afraid of it because... They're not obedient to each other and to Christ. And so to have a man that stands up in front of you guys, and I believe Craig and Bob are just as raw and transparent, but and Ryan, I'll put Ryan in that one too, but, but to stand in front of people and to be overly raw and transparent, that people might think worse of you if you say it this way, if, you, if I share my stumbling and my sin the dirtiest secrets of my life with you. You might think that I'm not fit to be a pastor up here, but actually that's the most beautiful Amen. thing about serving from where he serves. And so going back to this verse, take captive the obedience to Christ. That's the first part. But the second part is being ready to punish all disobedience. Have you ever thought about what that means? Being ready to punish all all disobedience. Like we get the taking every thought captive as an exhortation to righteousness, but what does it mean to punish the times where you let yourself drift into disobedience? What does that look like? Now, to me, it looks like being surrounded with people that not only hold me accountable, but also help me to get rid of it when I step into that way. And and uh Again, Steve's message to you guys in The Hero, if you haven't watched it, you should go re-watch it. It's on YouTube. Um, one of the messages there is that, is that Kay kept him after that. Do you remember that? Some of you guys have heard that. By the way, we have a marriage conference coming up in Mexico this year. You're going to have to plan ahead because it's $2,000 a couple, but Steve and I are running a marriage conference in Mexico. It's uh, firstfruitsrenewal.com is the website. And you guys should all come. If you're married, you should all come. That would be great to get everybody here. You can come now too. Amen. I actually had somebody say, I'm not married, but can I come? Ty's got his hands up. I got a guy in Texas that says he wants single guys to come and he'll run a Bible study if they want to come. So Ty, if you want to come, come to Mexico with us. And I'll invite my friend Dave to hang out with you too. Women too, we could do that too. We could figure that one out. So anyway. And you guys get half price, isn't that amazing? Like if you don't have a wife, you're half price, 50% off. Everybody likes a good deal, right? So when I read this punish all disobedience, I think about my children sometimes. I, I think about what does it look like when I keep them on the right track? Now what's interesting is not only do I keep my children on the right track but I found that my children keep me on the right track sometimes too. Is there anything better than being watched in terms of accountability? Didn't that just, didn't we just talk about that this morning? Is there Pastor Craig, remember when he said that is there anything better than being watched? If you're on a spotlight, if you know that your obedience is into Christ, if your wife is watching you, if your wife is going to have this conversation later, maybe not right in the moment, In the heated moment, but later we bring this up. Or even your kids say, this isn't the first time this has happened in our house. What about you, Dad? What about that time you did that? Wow. So not only should we hold them captive, but then we should punish them. Now these words sound weird to us. When was the last time you actually had a captive and punished it? Doesn't that sound terrible? I mean, doesn't that sound terrible? Like, Bob... Kyle's here. Did you put Kyle in the basement and punish him since he came? In our culture, that sounds really whacked, doesn't it? Like totally bizarre. Yet when we go back into this, you have to understand the culture that this was written in and that this is, I like this word, contronym language in the the New Testament in the first century. So what the author of 2 Corinthians is saying here is that, is that we have to take something and treat it as if it's the enemy. Did you get that? Not just, not just a little bit of the enemy, but the worst of the enemies. Right. And then what's interesting is, do you know in the first century context why you would take a captive? You didn't take captives if you wanted them gone. You just killed them if you wanted them gone. And that happened all the time in first century war. You took a captive if you wanted to turn it, if you wanted to change it. And so even though they would sometimes punish their captives, the goal was that they would actually change the heart of the captive. And so even when they said it, what a captive feared was that they would be punished, but a lot of times those captives, the goal was to turn them into prized possessions. So you guys have been studying Nehemiah and Ezra. Remember this? Who was Nehemiah? A cupbearer to the king. He was Jewish. He was a captive. He was a slave. Yet, Antarcterxes, now I'm struggling with the language too, when he took him in, he took him in, and at first it was slavery. And even at the time of Nehemiah, there was still slavery going on. Yet yet the goal was to take those slaves and make them productive in their kingdom. And so Nehemiah was the shining example of the cupbearer to the king who had become very useful to that kingdom. Now what the kingdom didn't understand is that his end goal was to now do the same thing to them in a heavenly kingdom. And that is the way that we are to take control over the things that need to be brought into obedience to Christ, and I hate to use the word punish, but to do whatever is needed in order to turn it back towards the kingdom.
1: That is so good. From an application standpoint from our imagination in our thoughts turn them into an enemy yeah take take that mindset take that war mindset back to 105 for a minute casting down imaginations in every high thing that it exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Hmm. Years ago, when I understood what knowing the Lord did, it changed my journey and my knowledge of Him. It took it from an intellectual knowledge or a relational or a, an experiential, but it drove it to new heights. Yeah. Understanding Genosco, genosis, the differentials in between. Quite literally, what's being said here is, and every high thing that it exalteth itself against your intimate relationship yes. with God. Right. It's right. not just changing your thought, right. it's literally blocking you from being in literally in, Christ, mm-hmm. in that place where we live, that was a big deal right. against the knowledge. Now stop me. <laughs> no. Nope. Spiritual warfare, and I know this pleases a lot of people when I say this, but in this, in this family, in this ecclesia, it's not going to be a problem in most cases, is a battle in your own head. You all know that, right? The mind, Yep. Yep. It's in ourselves. Or at least in me. I'm not saying there isn't opportunities. There aren't things that happen. I totally got it. We can talk about that. We've talked about it in our grace group. I absolutely believe there are powers and principalities of the air. You've heard me speak over the years at how I get those little knuckleheads and minions off me, and I use the like the Asian beetle symbol thing. <laughs> but I still believe, and I know from my own journey, most of my battles are all between my ears. Until my soul aligns with my spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. My carnal nature, our carnal nature... Wants to battle against the revelation that is now in you and his thoughts for you. You're not worthy, you'll never be good. What makes you think you can do that? Right. Have you looked at what you were a year ago? How about ten years ago? Last night? Six months ago?
2: This word is uh, the knowledge of God. That's what it points to. When you take when you take these things over, it's the knowledge of God. And in Hebrew, this is very important. The word is yada, y a d a. And so, when you hear yada yada yada, that's where it comes from. Is comes from Hebrew. And so, what yada meant is every little piece of you points to who you are. Every little reaction, every little thing that you've let come in, and so you should, in this warfare, you should protect what comes in. It's that garbage in, garbage out thing. That's 4,000 years old, by the way. Isn't that crazy that 4,000 years ago, that's what they meant? And so that's what they used to always say the Torah pointed to was the knowledge of guarding who your heart and mind was going to become. And this is that journey, is, is that it's a journey of like, Today, I'm 47 years old, and I'm still on this journey of guarding who I am becoming in my discipleship walk with the Lord. And so when we say, I love this when people of the world say Christian or, or godly things. So the next time somebody says, yada, 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 you can say, oh, you believe that? That's what you think. You're, are you on that trip with me? And they'll think you're nuts. But it opens up the door to tell them what that really means. That in Hebrew, that means that they're guarding their hearts and their minds for who they were. And again, this is tied in. I don't know if you guys are getting all the strings here. Tied in to who I was intended or created to be knit together from the womb. That this is who God presented me to be. And sometimes we get ourselves off that track, but sometimes... We don't. It's just the this is the yatsa hara of the world that sometimes we got on track of off track on something we can't understand. Ellie, I don't know your journey in, intimately. I want to know more of it. But like you're here today, and like whether you like the journey that you've been on or not, God puts you on that journey. God, God is and 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 even if you took a step outside of God's will, God in His yada 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 brings you back inside. And not only takes what you did wrong, but He takes what you did wrong and He turns it into something beautiful. That now you, what you just did to screw it up, God says, I'm going to take what you did worse. And that's what yada, yada, yada meant is that I'm going to take everything, everything that you cast, everything that you allowed to come inside of yourself, and I'm going to take that. I'm not just going to throw you out, but I'm going to take that and I'm going to bring you back in the kingdom in this servant oriented backward kingdom and it's not too late for you to step out and be designed for somebody that I made you to be anywhere along this line. And one of the greatest things I love about how he does this is that sometimes it's people that are day one in the community or year one into the community. I can't tell you how many times I mentioned this earlier, not just my kids bring me back into the line, but I'll be having a conversation even with somebody that's, you know, has only given their life to Christ in the last year and they'll say something profound Amen. because they're linked to the Holy Spirit. And they don't have a doctoral degree or a PhD in this or anything else. They've only known Jesus. They're in kindergarten Christianity, yet this is amazing how the Holy Spirit impacts them the same way He's impacts somebody that's been with the Lord for 47 years.
1: Wow. For real. Yeah. I got to highlight a couple of things there that we talk about in this family all the time. We submit ourselves one to another. I hope you've got a different understanding of what that looks like based on what Doc Ryan's been going through in the last few minutes. And from a new believer standpoint, you want that revelation they just brought. You remember when Brian was here talking about the kid whose father passed away in Thailand? He needed to know how to run his father's business, who was a mechanical genius virtually. And he was so sad because he didn't know how to help his family. And Brian said, my God will give you all the wisdom you need. All you've got to do is ask. And the Lord is faithful. And the business grew like crazy. And that was nine, ten years ago. He's brought many to Christ. He's discipling many. And he's continuing to walk in the favor of the Lord. I want that revelation. Yeah. I need that revelation. I need this brother's revelation. I need Lexi's revelation. I need it for my journey because you're going to get stuff I'm not. And if we're submitted one to another, we can trade those revelations via testimony or just time together. And sidebar, if you're not in a grace group... Get in a grace group. Why aren't you in a grace group? This is what we do. And, yup, I get a little passionate like that at my grace group sometimes, maybe. Allie speaks in tongues and it calms me right down. No, for real. For real. That's the relationship that the family, the body of Christ had in the early church that we sorely miss today. That's a part of what we miss today. Anyway.
2: All this comes back to what Bob said is hope. And so when you think about hope, what does that mean? So unfortunately, when we think about hope, we think about hoping for something in the future, like it's prophetic. And there's a little bit of that that can be prophetic, but what it's really talking about is it's rooted in the direction that we've come from and where we're going, so we've read about the faithfulness of the Lord, and we see and we read what we know of God, and we're calling on Him that that hope might come back into our own lives. And so, when I have hope for the Riggs family or for the Gassman family or for whoever it is, my hope for them is that, in the in the way that I described, yada yada yada, and the Torah, is that they might be. Founded in the principles of God's word here each and every day, and that when they get off course here, somebody comes alongside of them and brings them back to this. And sometimes that's a book, like Pastor Craig shared today. Sometimes that's somebody next to you. Sometimes it's a food, which is kind of crazy. That's communion, if you think it that way. Sometimes it's song, it's music that brings you back to that. Sometimes it's a little sticker. In another community I'm in that some of you are a part of, we call that palanca. Something that you put in different places and it reminds you of the course or the journey towards discipleship that you're on, and it gets you back on track. So surrounding yourself with all these things is hope. That's what it points to. It's giving hope. And uh, my my family were Star Wars fanatics. We, which I'm about ready to to shut off Disney right now. Some of you have probably done that already. Thank you. Thank you. The whole world needs to do that. So I like the old Star Wars better. Amen. Yeah. But it's interesting. Uh, George Lucas came up with this idea for the Star Wars series that 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 this is the only way that a little revolution, I don't know if you guys are Star Wars fans or not, but the only way a little tiny group of rebels is going to defeat a great big empire is hope, if you keep holding on to that. And it didn't mean the idea that, hey, maybe we're going to get lucky. It meant that you have to work, that you have to pour yourself, and this comes back to it, are you ready? An all-in, set-apart mindset. Mm -hmm. That that Mm -hmm. hope in the Bible equals all-in, set-apart mindset. If you don't look very hopeful in your life, then it's probably because you're not living your life to the example of what we're told to live as a disciple, to walk with the Lord each and every day. And so that is the biblical definition of hope. And so when I say I hope, I pray for hope for my wife, what I'm praying for is all the things intertwined. And this is such, again, I just have to take a little step back and just say, this service has been beautiful because we've been talking about how so many things have been intertwined i've just we've been talking about how this happened and this nobody was on nobody we didn't have a meeting last week and all say this you know the 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 storm part that ryan shared today you know that's that's uh, i got a whole box of t-shirts i missed the cue from the lord i have a whole box of t-shirts in the back of my van that says into the storm <laughs> literally I'll you can't bring make them this in. stuff up. If you up. want a free t-shirt, I'll send go somebody on. out to the back of the van. We'll go get the box and bring it in There's one right there, It'll Kyle. It'll be in the back. Yeah, there you go. That was Kyle's birthday present. Yeah. That's why I brought the box, because I needed one for Kyle today. It's, it was his birthday. How old are you, Kyle? Going to be. Oh, it's not your birthday yet. Pre-happy birthday, then. But all these things are intertwined, yeah. and there is no better picture than what happened here. Are, are you guys following? God gave us a little picture yep. of our community today. He said, not only are we going to preach it today, but I'm just going to show you a real-life picture of how this is intertwined. in all these little things, I'm going to yep. intertwine this sermon, because that is what hope looks like Amen. in the life of a believer.
1: Amen. Wow. That's amazing.
2: That's amazing.
1: But wait, there's more. <laughs> so we were shared a testimony. This I can hardly sit down, but I'm doing really
2: good, aren't I? You're a walker. You can stand up if For you me, want. For me, I'm a jumper. I want to be
1: jumping. This thrills me to be walking where we as a family are walking. Yeah. I can't help it, Britt. It's just what happens. <laughs> It thrills me. My father keeps me in awe and wonder over this. Yeah, yeah. Not surprised. I'm never shocked. Amen. It's awe and wonder. So there was a testimony given this morning Why on Why should we
2: be surprised, right? Yeah, right. His
1: word tells us. <laughs> right. So we shouldn't be surprised ever. There was a testimony shared this morning about this hope and believing There is a big difference, and I just want to drill on that for a minute, because it's important. We can believe something's going to happen pretty shallow, pretty flat. Yeah. Yeah. With hope and your sanctified imagination and the truth, now you've got something that you can stand on that's Mm -hmm. unwavering. Otherwise, dead people that aren't in Christ, they can believe for some, I believe that it's going to be nice. Well, that's nice. I'm believing I'm getting a raise next week. Hallelujah. <laughs> totally different yeah. than standing in truth and in faith. Yeah.
2: So this has been an experien- experiential morning. God just Amen. put this out to us. So I'm going on a limb because I, I think my brother trusts me. We're just going to see how far God's going to take this this morning. All right, Amen. so are you guys ready for a strange exercise? Yeah. Ron, right? Rob. Rob. I hope we don't weird you out here. I already got the verse highlighted. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So here's what I want to do. Bob's going to start praying over this place. And if you have a prayer of hope, Hope means that you might need help in this place in your life, or you're praying for somebody in this place. But the way that we're interconnected among the communion of believers, if if you have something that you want to pray for distinctly related to your community, your life, all of us right here, I want you to put your hand up, and I, I want everybody to come around them, and we're going to start just praying that that might happen. And, and I, my back people, let's get a little music going in the background, Amen. or... I don't know, Will can play drums if we want. Ryan, you can strum, whatever. But let's just see what God has for us today. Are you guys willing to take this crazy little expedition this morning? Let's just see. Uh, God's already, I think God just started us out. He said, look, I intertwined all these things in a way that you couldn't have ever done on your own. So I'm going to show you, but that's just the beginning of what I might have for you this morning. So let's Let's find out if there's more to this this morning. Would you guys do that with me? So we're going to pray, and you can stand up. You can move around if you want to. If you, if you have something, I want you to put your hand up. When people come around you, lay their hands on you. If you want to anoint, you can anoint. If you want to get on the ground, you can get on the ground. Just share a word to give us, to give us a trajectory, and we're going to pray over those things all of us together get get in combs the kids have power let make make sure you get kids in your group here and so you will miss part of the hope if you don't have a kid in your group this morning and so so Let's go to the Lord, and as I'm as as Bob starts us out in prayer, he's going to start praying. And while he's praying, if you see a hand around you, go up. Let's surround him and raise your own hands. We can have three hands up in one group if we want to. And let's pray over this idea of yada yada yada. Hope that we might be framed in the way uh, continually created. Remember, this is along the journey that we might be continually framed past perfect, present, the whole thing that God might do this. So let's begin and let's stand up. Let's stand up and do this. Yep.
0: Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815 990 0367. Always remember that you are a part of the beloved family of God and beloved church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life.
2: I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health, prospering your body. And all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you. And we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.